Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come and Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 134 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today as we begin a new study this week of our Come Follow Me materials. Uh, we're looking at the week beginning May the 10th to May the 16th, covering Doctrine and Covenants sections 49 and 50. Um, and really, Doctrine and Covenants section 49 is another one of these chapters where you really need to understand the historical context behind it uh, to understand why specific things are mentioned in this section. If you didn't have an idea of you know the background behind it, you would be reading the principles in Doctrine and Covenants 49 and think they're a pretty random collection of things. But actually, when you understand who it was addressed to and what it was addressing, um, these things make a lot more sense. Uh, so let's have a look at this background and context. So, uh, in spring 1831, uh, a farmer named Lehman Copley joined the Church of Christ, as the church was known then. Uh, he lived in, uh, around Kirtland, and he was interested in the church. Um, and he had joined the church. But uh, it says in the Revelations in Context chapter about this section, quote, Copley had been a member of the United Society of Believers in Christ's second appearance for many years before his conversion. Members of this sect were commonly known as shakers because their worship informed a form of ecstatic dancing. The many similarities between shaker and Mormon doctrines no doubt appeal to Copley. The two faiths shared a belief in the general apostasy, modern prophecy, the agency of man, and the ideal of a communal life. They differ dramatically, however, on other important points. Close quote. So in my research on this, in the historical back, uh, kind of information and context, and also listening to other podcasts, it's quite clear that the Shakers uh, were, you know, they were quite a, a unique um, sect, as probably other Christians at the time would have called the Mormons, as they were nicknamed. It's interesting that the Shakers and the Mormons both had these nicknames that were meant to be quite derogatory as such. Um, the Shakers were named as such because of the shaking that was ha- that happened during their worship. Um, they believed that when you are kind of forgiven or, or you're able to repent of your sins, you shake as those sins leave you and many other aspects of that. Uh, and so, you know, again, um, some would say that's quite an, an odd belief. But having said that, many people would listen to our beliefs and say that they are quite odd as well. Uh, so I don't, I certainly don't want to... Um, you know, begin to look look at look at other people's beliefs in that way. Having said that, the Shakers they are still around today, but I believe there are about two or three followers in the world. So it's quite a significant uh, that shift. But um, yeah, so as mentioned in that paragraph, there was quite a few similarities between the beliefs of the the members of the Church of Christ at that time and the beliefs of the members of the United Society of Believers in the Christ Second Appearance. Um, Revelations in Context goes on further to explain point, uh, these points, quote, Shakers did not consider baptism or any other ordinance essential for salvation. They believed Jesus Christ had already made his second coming in the form of Mother Anne Lee, an early Shaker leader. Some practiced vegetarianism. Mormons and Shakers also diverged in their views of marriage and sexual relations. Devout believers, as Shakers called themselves, insisted upon absolute celibacy, which they referred to as taking up the cross, close quote. Uh, so, yeah, clearly there are some very big points of doctrine uh, to, to diverge on, particularly the idea of baptism and ordinances, 
particularly about Christ and, and, and his second coming. Um, I think the vegetarianism and the views on marriage and sexual relation, relations are pretty big things as well, but would be more principles, I suppose, or behaviours rather than the doctrines behind them. So, um, basically, what happens is that uh, they, these um, two different groups, the, the Shakers and, and the Mormons, uh, I've referred to them as Mormons because at this time they were referred to as such. Um, first met when um, Oliver Cowdery and Parley P. Pratt were on that first mission that we spoke about a number of chapters ago. And they taught about the Book of Mormon and all these things. And whilst there was, um, you know, the, the Shakers obviously did not um, take that to be fully their truth. Um, they, they built up good relations with members of the Church of Christ. Um, there was trade between them, there was good neighbourship between them, uh, and it was a friendly kind of setup. However, um, this began to change, uh, and the event that changed this is it surrounds Doctrine and Covenants section 49. So, Lehman Copley um, basically was having issues with his relations with the Shakers. Um, he lived quite a way away from the community, he was also married. Um, and so basically he wasn't living all the, the precepts of the, the Shaker faith. Uh, and so as such, um, in, in fact, um, the, the leader at the time of the Shakers, uh, Kitchell, uh, who was surnamed Kitchell, said this, quote, taken up with Mormonism as the easier plan, close quote. So basically he, was, he accused Copley of looking at the, at the Mormon faith as the easier path because he'd be able to keep his, you know, his marriage with his wife and all these other things. Um, and so Copley obviously was quite upset about this. Um, but he clearly had some sort of link or some sort of um, affiliation or no, affection perhaps towards the Shaker faith because he wanted to get the message of the, the restored gospel of Christ over to them. Um, it says in Revelations in Context, quote, like all early Mormon converts, Copley brought with him traditions and attitudes shaped by his religious experience. Joseph Smith spoke to Copley shortly after his conversion and noted that he was apparently honest-hearted, but still retaining ideas that the Shakers were right in some particulars of their faith. John Whitmer further noted that Copley was anxious that some of the elders should go to his former brethren and preach the gospel. He even teased to be ordained to preach himself, close quote. Now, we could argue about, you know, what his intentions were, but clearly he wanted to get across some of these principles. Some argue perhaps that he wanted to go to the, to the Shakers and basically put them right on certain things that he believed to not be right. You know, particularly views on celibacy, views on the second coming of Christ, perhaps, and various things like that. Um, but as such, um, Copley visited Joseph Smith, um, shared his, his feelings, um, what, we don't have a record of that conversation as such that Copley had with Joseph Smith, but looking clearly for clarification on specific Shaker doctrines, beliefs, and, and practices, um, Doctrine and Covenants section 49 was given. And we presume that Copley was searching for further guidance on these particular points of doctrine because the Doctrine and Covenants section 49, which, we, which I'll mention now, speaks specifically to a number of points made that were made earlier, points on baptism, points on the second coming of Christ, and in particular how he will come, whether it be in the form of a person or as himself in glory. 
um, views on vegetarianism, views on marriage and celibacy, and all these things are addressed specifically in Doctrine and Covenants section 49, which again, before this context, would have been a very confusing set of um, policies or dis directions from the Lord. And yet, now with this background and context, it makes a lot more sense. Um, so I'm not going to dive into what the section says just now, but what I'm going to do is talk a little bit about um, kind of what happens with this revelation. So the Lord calls Sidney Rigdon and Polly P. Pratt to go to these brothers and sisters of the Shakers and Copley, who, you know, wasn't wasn't as, as experienced in preaching, although we are talking 13 months since the church was organised. So Polly P. Pratt and Sidney Rigdon perhaps had more preacher experience from before their time with the church uh, and were utilising those skills in preaching the restored gospel. Um, Copley was uh, called to go along with them, to uh, to reason with them, so kind of be like a, a support to these two brethren who would be the main people to, to teach these people. So tomorrow, because we are running out of time, uh, we will have a look at what happens as a result of this visit with the background and context. There's a lot of background behind this section, really. And then we'll dive start diving straight into Doctrine and Covenants section 49 and look at some of the points that are made in there. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please continue to follow, subscribe, review, share the podcast with as many people as you know. It'd be really great to get the word out there. Just a daily study podcast just to supplement and guide your studies of the Come Follow Me materials each day through the week. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.